there. Welcome to Building a Modern Employer Brand podcast. My name is Susanna Rantanen, and this podcast is sponsored by my family business, Employee Experience Agency, Emine. We specialize in business storytelling to match talent minds with company missions, and we were recently recognized as one of the top 10 employer branding agencies in Europe. In this episode of Building a Modern Employer Brand podcast, I'm going to address five reasons why talent marketing most often lacks impact. I've been working in talent marketing since 2002, and obviously over the years, the how-tos have changed and developed pretty drastically and dramatically. But still, regardless of all the changes in the tools and technology and the means to do, uh, when we do talent marketing, it's still about influencing and impacting specific people in your target audiences. And when we talk about who those specific people are, we're talking about talents that your company, your business wants to hire one day. So as said, these days we have such incredible means and opportunities to do talent marketing that truly impacts and influences our target audiences for actions that are beneficial for our companies. And there is no reason to continue with talent marketing that lacks impact. And when I say talent marketing, I use that to include both recruitment marketing as well as employer branding. And uh, you might have heard me also use the term HR marketing, which means the same to me. So what I can say is that talent marketing is so much fun. And especially today when we're able to do so many fun things by ourselves, we no longer need advertising agencies or marketing agencies or communication agencies or media agencies uh, to uh, to do all this work for us. Obviously, you know, we benefit greatly from using experts in, uh, you know, in our efforts to influence and impact talents. But at the same time, we can do so many fun things by ourselves. And that, my friend, is the reason number one why talent marketing often fails to impact. So in the midst of coming up with all sorts of random fun ideas, we actually end up doing random marketing. And random marketing has little or no impact at all. So it does take the same time, it takes the same resources, but it delivers very little of nothing. And the most typical error here is that we get together, I think most commonly with our colleagues from the HR, the HR forces, the talent acquisition, HR, maybe employer branding, if we're lucky enough to have some de- someone dedicated for that, maybe our peers and colleagues from marketing and communication. And then we sit down and we ideate this list of ideas that we could do. And while this is correct in a uh, technical aspect to go about, oftentimes I find in HR that it leads to HR people ideating what sounds like fun. And this works really well if we want to target uh, our talent marketing efforts to other HR people, to our peers. But we don't 
we must include people who represent those talents that we want to impact with these marketing efforts. Because talent marketing is not about what seems fun to me, but what seems appealing to the person that we want to convince with these talent marketing efforts. And uh, uh, it goes without saying that what's fun to me may not necessarily be fun to you. And if I try to influence you with stuff that I believe to be fun, in my own opinion, you know, I might just, it might just be hit and miss with you. So if I wanted to really influence and impact you, I would need to know what is, you know, important, relevant and fun in your opinion. Another uh, common error is not to get the target audience correct. So in uh, some of the previous episodes, episode uh, number 15 and number 16, I spoke about talent audiences and the common errors here are uh, our target audience is too white. So this happens uh, when we think job seekers as our target audience. And this is surprisingly common. Pretty similar would be our job candidates as our target audience. Uh, that, means those, uh, that means those people that have actually sent their application to our vacancies. In some part, our job candidates do belong to our overall talent audiences, but they do not make up the entire audience. So let me explain. This is because most of our applicants are not ideal future applicants, right? Because uh, if we see our applicants as our target audience, we're targeting our efforts in most part to audience members that we already decided that we didn't want to hire. So our target audience is too wide, when we consider job seekers to be our tar- target audience, like all job seekers, or when uh, and our, ta- our target audience goes wrong if we uh, consider our job candidates to be our target audience. Then another common error here is that uh, our target audience is way too narrow. And funnily enough, this means that... Uh, we use our entire employer branding uh, capacity to target a recruitment profile, a recruitment profile. And ideally, actually, this would be fantastic, but uh, it would require for us to have so many resources that we could actually tailor our in like the, the whole lot of our talent marketing messages and means to every single recruitment profile from here to eternity. But because we can't, and you know, believe me, I've never ever ever seen or witnessed an organization that would be able to put so much money and resources into talent marketing that that this would be true. So it just doesn't happen. So because we can't, we would end up targeting a two narrow audiences in practice. We might start with uh, specific uh, profiles, recruitment profiles that we wouldn't have the resources and the capacity to like do it the same way and with the same extent to all of our recruitment audiences profiles. So we like externally looking, we would be targeting just some. And when we look at the uh, recruitment profiles, they are about what we're recruiting now. So that's also another mistake, but I'll come to that in a bit. 
So also in this target, target audience uh, part, uh, a common error is that we see active and passive job seekers as the same audience, but they're not. So uh, telemarketing to active job seekers is called recruitment marketing. Uh, and recruitment marketing to passive job seekers would be highly inefficient because uh, the messages in recruitment marketing are about the vacancy, are about our recruitment process, are about uh, you know, our career opportunities, are about our benefits, but those are not relevant information to a person uh, somewhere out there that is not currently interested in changing jobs. So guessing our audiences correct is the starting point for talent marketing that impacts. It is a strategic decision who we want to aim at with our talent marketing efforts. And when this decision has been made with full awareness and full understanding, it is no longer an error. So I want to emphasize here that we could have a strategic decision that we want to uh, focus our talent marketing efforts on our job candidates, also including those that we never want to hire, which would mean that we want to build our candidate experiences, use marketing and communications as a mean to make sure that those no thank you applicants receive like a really, really good experience with us. And, you know, through them, we influence our uh, employer brand, our reputation, and, and uh, you know, make us um, make them our advocates, if you like. So that would be a strategic decision. And in that case, obviously, it would not be an error to, to um, have that kind of a, a narrow target audience. But most oftentimes, I find that when uh, companies do talent marketing, they have not given really any thought to who the ta- target audiences are. And then the um, actions without this understanding and without this decision-making uh, oftentimes just go wrong or lack uh, impact. So the reason this is an error uh, numero dos is that we don't think about our target audiences at all. So uh, error number three is that we focus the talent profiles we needed in the past instead of who we need in the future. So talent marketing during a recruitment process is just so much easier because we have this opening, this vacancy, and uh, we know who we want to reach, we know who we want to impact with our message, and we know that what we want them to do as a as a result of this marketing effort. So obviously we want them to send their application to our vacancy by the deadline. So recruitment, recruitment marketing process is so much more simple and easier because you know we have better understanding because we know who the target audience is. But uh, when we think about target audiences in employer branding, it's no longer that simple. The kind of talent marketing that aims to build to result in a uh, like an outstanding employer brand takes time. And it goes through several stages before 
you know, there's this what we can call that that uh, a brand kind of materializes. Uh, in uh, episode number six, I introduced the candidate journey of the information era. Uh, if you didn't listen to that episode or if you did not check out that um, uh, show notes episode article on the blog, go to modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast six, number six, podcast six, to check that out. Because the way I uh, drew out this candidate journey of the information era I drew it in a way that there are these several stages that we need to go through. And each of those stages involve and include, you know, marketing and communications activities. Um, and when we understand uh, the uh, purpose of each stage and what a successful outcome of each stage looks like, we're able to also choose, you know, the right kind of tactics in order to achieve that. Uh, result. So because of this timestamp for the eventually, you know, successfully uh, uh, um, getting in an employee brand as a outcome of your talent marketing efforts, uh, our talent marketing, uh, for our talent marketing to, to make an impact, we uh, need to have this plan ahead to see what kinds of talents we will need in the future. Because if you would plan to build your employee brand to those target audiences that you have been recruiting thus far, or you are currently hiring, you might make the mistake of wooing a wrong audience. And because it takes a longer time, I'm talking about like, you know, year, two years to actually have a uh, to actually have an employer brand that your audiences recognize, that they are aware of what you, you know, what you represent, and that they, um, you know, understand who you, you know, what it would be to work for you. Um, you know, if you've spent all that time, all that, you know, twelve months, eighteen months, twenty-four months, wooing the wrong audience. You know, and then at that time, you would need to actually hire somebody else. You know, they don't know you. You don't have an employer brand in that audience. So it's important to to make this right. Now, I recently worked with a customer whose business is is going through digitalization. Uh, I would call this a fairly typical scenario that I've been working or my company has been working like in several instances with several businesses over the past couple of years where a like a more established pretty traditional B2C business turns you know changes their strategy and needs to uh, kind of digitalize their uh, services, you know, make them sell them online and make them available online. This is a very, very common thing that's happening, you know, uh, right now because of the digitalization. And when we talk about B2C businesses that are established, that are known in the market, they obviously have an existing audience of customers that look at this company, you know, through those customer lenses and through those experiences that they've had as a customer or their, you know, parents have had as a customer and they witnessed it over the, you know, over the past 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, whatnot. So uh, obviously when you start to change 
the employer image and the employer brand for this kind of a business, you really need to pay attention to who are the, the likes of the talents that your business, your digitalizing business needs to hire, you know, over the next couple of years. In all these cases, uh, you know, these companies have realized that they need to appeal to and attract a completely different types of talent audiences that they are used to uh, and how they're known. So the challenge here is to change the employer image in the eyes of that those new talent audiences because in their eyes, this company is still a traditional established company. And when we talk about Obviously, the B2C company, that audience is much wider than that of a B2C company. And we have a lot more work, a lot more like this changing work to do to correct those assumptions and those beliefs that the new talent audiences have, you know, based on, you know, how they know that business on the market. Uh, And because they were never, they never used to be the target talent audiences for this business before, you know, they've never been targeted with uh, that kind of employer branding messages or recruitment messages. Though, So they don't really know anything about this company as a place of work. They only know it as a B2C service company. So there's a lot of like banks and insurance companies, for for example, like in the financial, uh, financial sector that are going through this same thing at the moment. And you know, when a company is digitalizing their services, it essentially becomes an an IT employer. But how many IT people out there think about a bank or an insurance company, for example, as a IT employer? So that's the challenge there. You have to understand that your future target audiences are actually can be very different from what you used to uh, have and what you've been hiring this for. And it's important to have this understanding uh, that if we want to do talent marketing that impacts and that helps our business in this kind of situation, we need to really understand who we need in the future and how different that might be to what we've used to, you know, hiring thus far. Uh, Error number four is about choosing a wrong media wrong channels. With this, I refer specifically to things like, uh, you know, job boards, print advertising for recruitment, recruitment events, and online media, social media. And the key errors here are that we choose a media we like and prefer, or the hiring manager likes and prefers, without really knowing or making sure that this media is actually a place that, uh, or a media that the targeted talent person also likes and prefers. As an example, in some uh, industries, they have like this in- industry-specific uh, print magazines, and uh, and especially like the more uh, senior members of this industry, obviously, you know, 
could have been subscribers to that print magazine for like 20 years or 30 years or more, like a long time. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the youngsters that are coming to, you know, to start their career in this industry or, uh, you know, have been working in this industry now for a few years, uh, they are unlikely to read, uh, you know, print media. Uh, so if a hiring manager has always kind of been used to using that print magazine for, you know, recruitment advertising, uh, it costs, still it costs a lot to put a print advert on paper, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that even though that you personally be reading and enjoying this magazine for the past 25 years, that a more sort of a youngster in, in your industry would be reading it. So it's very important that we make sure that even though we personally like something or something worked last year or the year before for the same role, for example, that we don't automatically assume that it's still valid. Another error that I find here is uh, that some companies put a lot of effort and, and resources and time into these university and college partnerships, even though they're not hiring young talents that much or maybe not at all. Uh, so what I'm saying, I'm not saying that it's a wrong thing to, you know, put efforts into uh, building uh, relationships with them. Um, talents before they embark on their career uh, and that's that's a really important part of uh, you know building awareness and growing awareness but at the same time I find that the error here is that uh, many companies tend to put all their eggs into this basket and then they still uh, you know most of their recruitment needs are you know within the more senior target audiences and they don't do anything to that audience, you know, in the talent marketing department, which means that uh, your like a total effort in talent marketing is directed heavily into audiences that are not helping your business at this moment. And I think one of the reasons probably why this happens still so much is that, uh, you know, before social media, we didn't really have anything else in the employer branding uh, sort of tactics list than uh, recruitment fairs and, uh, you know, this kind of college and university, you know, events and, and, and opportunities. So it's still kind of there. Uh, I see that a lot and I don't quite always understand the emphasis, you know, placed on that when I hear, you know, what the actual target audiences are for those businesses. So I'm again I'm I'm saying that this is only an error in the circumstance when we're not really hiring young talents that much. So if that's a strategic decision that yes you you need young talents and you want to hire everybody straight out from college and university then obviously you know this is this is not an error. So a third error here is that we choose recruitment media to reach talents who are not currently or hardly ever active job seekers. This is also a very, very common error. And it has to do with the fact that we, uh, you know, we um, sort of confuse the difference between an active and a passive job seeker. So uh, you'd be surprised how common this is. So we must know who we target 
And we must figure out the best way to reach them with those means and those resources that we have available. And it sometimes really kills me to witness a hiring manager to wanting to spend like thousands of euros into uh, a media or channel or tactic like a print advert that I know that will not have any impact whatsoever because that target audience is just not you know reachable through that media so uh, we need to know who our target audiences are and figure out how we can best reach them with those means and resources that we have available Error number five has to do with the errors in the message. And uh, there are, I think that there's like the, the two kinds of messages really uh, are the, the message with a call to action and then a message that is marketing the message with a call to action. And the difference here is, uh, for example, that a message with a call to action would be like a, um, a job post that includes the call to action, lead your application through this link. And then the message, marketing the message with a call to action would be, for example, a social media post with a link to the job post in which there is that call to action. So there's difference, if you get what I mean, between these two kinds of messages. So depending on the media and the channel, you have to know which one to use and how. So it's not always the smartest idea to market the message with the call to action when you could actually just write that message and the call to action on your social media post. So, for example, we, we see a lot of uh, uh, employees of companies sharing uh, links to job posts on LinkedIn without any sort of message to market, you know, that uh, what is behind that link. So with this, I mean that they don't, uh, describe who is this job for, what is it for, and the most important, what is the uh, appealing reason why, if I was the target audience for this post, why I should even bother clicking that link open. We're truly living in the times of just too much information, too many links, too many call to actions, too many messages. It's just too much and people are turning away and refusing to receive our message they're refusing to click so to succeed in your talent marketing efforts you must be specific you must be appealing you must make it super easy for your intended recipient to want to bother for you and you must make sure that you reward their effort with great value. Nothing is more annoying than one of those clickbaits, links, a call to actions, then you open it and then, you know, you just can't find, you know, the beef that they promised. Uh, and the next time, you know, you won't even bother. So make sure that you don't disappoint your audiences. Hey, if you like this podcast and if you want me to continue with it, I'd really appreciate your star rating on your chosen podcast platform. You know, those ratings are very important in getting traction to this podcast, to any podcast that you listen to. So you should all do it for your other favorite podcasts. But podcasts like mine uh, that are not paid by advertisements and, and commercial sponsors, they take a lot of work and, a and, and commitment that is, you know, away from other work that pays for me as an entrepreneur. Uh, so my reward is when I know that I 
can inspire others through this podcast. But if I don't know that you listen to me, if I don't get your comments, if I don't get your feedback, if I don't, you know, get your rating, I don't know if anybody is listening to me. So it will really, really mean a lot to me if you could support me and this podcast like that. I really appreciate your help. And once again, you can find the show notes article for this episode at modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 27, standing for episode 27. It's my mind. Until next time. 